Last week, I mean, if you're, if you're here with us and you're visiting, how, you know, we got a lot of visitors. So, I mean, that, that's exciting. We got a lot of people who are new to Victory and a lot of people who haven't maybe been here before. You haven't been here very long. You know, I, I want to encourage you that if, that, if, that if this is a, if you feel like this is a place where God has you to be, it's a great place to get involved and to grow. God's doing great things, not in this, you know, we say God's doing great things in this church. Yeah, sure. He's doing great things in the lives of the people who are in this church. That's the most important thing. Say, we, do, we do things here. We help Pastor Stanley. We do, I mean, we do some things. We have some, some stuff that happens and some things that go on. But it's the lives of the people who make up the church where God really makes a difference. And he uses those people to make a difference in the community, in the area, the nation, and, and around the world. So that's who we are. But I wanted to share with you real quickly in, the, in the next, just the next few minutes. For real, first service we got out like, like 10.20. We were out, out the door, gone. I was sitting in my office. So I'm not kidding. It's going to be a short, short period. That's why there's no paper being passed down. And next week you'll have your outlines again. But, you know, I said last week, and I shared this because God put it in my heart. As I was preparing the message last week, the message last week said that, that God is for you. And that you know that when he came in that day on, on that cold, when he came in that city and they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, we, we, we look at it now, 2,000 years later, after the cross and after all that stuff, and we look at it with this, with this idea of, oh, man, that's awesome, thank you, Jesus. But he came in there with you on his mind. So we don't usually go back there. We don't usually, like, all of a sudden pivot back to that point when he rode in. If you looked in his eyes, you would have seen you. See, because he was thinking about you. He knew who you were. And, and we, said, we said, because, it says he, he, says he, knows, he knows your name. It says in John in chapter 10 that, that the sheep know his name. That he knows his sheep by name. That if one sheep, it says, goes astray. Not in that particular passage, but it says one sheep goes astray. He, he'll leave the 99 there safe to go get the one. See, he goes after the one. He cares that much about you and about me. We said he created you. He knows all about you. He created you. You, you, were, you were not just a, a, a pregnancy. You were not just a, a, an accident in somebody's life. God created you for a purpose and with a purpose. He knows your name. He knows what he created you for. It says in Isaiah that he created you in the beginning with the end in mind. He went backwards. He went to the end and then made you in the beginning so that you have all the gifts, talents, abilities, and faith that it takes to get you from there to the end because he created you with the end in mind. And God gave me this word and I shared it last week and I'll share it again. It says, you're about to see the mighty hand of God move on your behalf like you never have before. You're living the impossible. You're seeing the impossible because we serve the God of the impossible. You're about to see the mighty hand of God move like never before. Not, not in this church, in your life. In your, you take that. You believe that. You, you serve a God of the impossible. We said that we serve a God of no way. When we say, no way, God says, exactly. See, when God speaks to you something or you, hear, you feel like that's God telling you something and you can do it, you go, oh, no problem, I can do that. Eh, I don't know if that's high enough. I don't know if that's big enough. If you can accomplish what God is speaking to you and telling you, go back and ask him again. If you don't need him, now, if he's giving you all these blessings and you're saying, okay, oh, hey, God, you've overcome me. What am I supposed to do? Then you do. But I, see, he's, he's asking us in this church to step up. He's always asking us to go past where we are. He's always asking us to go past the checkbook. He's always asking us to go past the number of people who volunteer in this place, which is great. I mean, he asks us to go past all of those things. He asks, he asks you to go past those limits in those places, like we talked about four or five weeks ago, the gift of inconvenience. See, he asks us to go past all those things. What does he ask us to do? Follow him. That's the message. Follow him. Follow him. Not, God knows who you are. He knows your name. That's what we talked about last week. Online, victorylafayette.org. You can go to the media page. You can listen to all the stuff that we've been doing. But here's the deal. He asks you to follow him. 
Not just to know who he is, not just to say like, okay, this is what God said. I mean like, follow him. Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your paths. He will lead you. So what do you have to do if he leads you? Follow him. Now here's the crux. Here's the problem. We, we live in a world that's after Jesus. So we say it's possible you can follow him. But before Jesus ever came onto this earth, you have to realize there wasn't an ability for you and for me to follow him. I mean, we could walk around with him when he was alive on this earth, but Old Testament times, it, you, go back to, you go back all the way to Abraham, God said in chapter 12, verse 1 of Genesis, he said, I am calling you out of this place. Basically, in that passage of Scripture, those four, those four verses, he said, get all your family, get everybody together, because I'm calling you out of here, I'm taking you someplace. We want a map, right? We, li- we live in 2011, I'm going to map quest that, tell me where it is. I'm going to get directions. I'm going to know exactly how time is going to take me. I'm going to know what kind of traffic there is on the way. I'm going to know what the detour is. I'm going to know everything. They didn't have MapQuest. God said, I'll tell you when you get there. So get in your car today. Leave the parking lot and say, okay, God, show me where I'm going. That's basically what he said. Oh, yeah, it's not a car. It's a U-Haul. You got all your stuff. You got your wife, you got your kids, you got your people. I mean, this is, this is everything. You get all your stuff now and do what? Follow me. And then Moses kept going to the mountain. God kept showing up, telling him stuff. He would go down and do what then? Tell the people. And then what would they do? They would follow God. But they followed him through a man. They didn't follow him themselves. They followed him through somebody. And so before Jesus came and before, that's why it's such a huge deal that he died on the cross because then that allows you and allows me to follow him not have to follow somebody else following him he can lead and guide you and me he can make relationship with you he had relationship with moses but he didn't have relationship with the people see adam and eve sinned the sin consciousness entered in that caused all kinds of problems there was a barrier there was a separation there he even he even told moses build the tabernacle and make this holiest of holy place back here but make it so that you can't get in nobody can go in there who can go in there the high priest how many times? Like once a year the guy gets to, I mean, that's it? So blood and, and of goats and, and bulls and, and, and all of that stuff, that covers the sin, but the thought is still there. It didn't, didn't, didn't eradicate sin. It didn't destroy sin. It didn't even forgive sin. It just covered it. So these folks, all the way up until Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, we, they, they, nobody had an opportunity to have that kind of relationship. Nobody had that kind of opportunity to allow God to, to move and to lead them and to guide them. They just followed somebody else, and that was great for them. It worked. But God had a better way. God is about relationship. He's not about religion. He's about relationship. See, God sent His Son to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship with Him, not just serve in a religion, not just be a part of a movement, but to have relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, because we couldn't get through this door, because when we tried to do this, See, when we, we, can't, we can't get, we, there's no way through. We can't, we can't make it through that door. There's a veil that was put right there. The, the veil, the, you couldn't get through that veil. You, you were not allowed. Even the high priest, they tied a bell to him. Why? Because if he had sin in his life and he entered into that place, he was going to knock down, just fall down dead right there. So the people outside, I'm sure they were sitting out there, you know, oh, it's Charlie good today. I don't know. You know, I mean, like, clunk. Darn it. <laughs> You know, and then they tied a rope to him so they could pull him out, send somebody else in. It's that, you know, and it's a little funny, but I, 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 
There was no way into the presence of God. There was no way to get in there. Joshua took the ark and God put his presence in there, you know, with, all, with Aaron's rod and all the things and the Ten Commandments. And that's where that represented the presence of God. And so what did he do when they crossed into the promised land? Everybody was excited. Well, you can be excited about going to the promised land, but you're still not going to be following him. You're going to be following the presence of God. Joshua said, get it out there, get it in front of you so that you can see it because none of you have any idea about it. None of you know where you're going right now, but you need to follow the presence. He's speaking to you today just like he's speaking to me. You need to follow me. Jesus told his disciples, come and follow me. He told them at the boat that day, I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. What did they do? They dropped all their gear and went and followed him. Matthew, the tax collector, he said, hey, come on, follow me. Levi, come on. He said, okay. And he went with him too. Jesus said then in John chapter 10, I'm the shepherd and the sheep follow me. They know my voice. They follow me. The voice of a stranger, it says they won't follow. Now here's the thing. He also told the disciples, I'm getting ready to go to a place that you can't go. But come Sunday. See, but come just a short period of time. But come this short period of time, you'll be able to come with me. See, I want you to follow me on this earth and they followed him. But he was telling them, there's a greater following. See, there, there's a greater peace than just walking with me in this sand. There's a following me with your life into eternity. There's a following me with who you are into my abundance. There's a following me into everything that I have for you. But I got to first, hold on, first I got to go. And after, after, see, after I die, after I'm punished, after I'm beaten, after I'm killed, after I ascend, then I make a way for you. Now all of a sudden, see, things are different. Now all of a sudden, the door is not shut to you. Now all of a sudden, the door isn't closed. Now it's not like this. Now it's like this. See, now the door is open. It's open to you. It's open to me. It's open to the person on your left, the person on your right. It's open to some guy down the street who's doing something horrible right now. It's open to all the sinners in the world. That door is open. There is no barrier between you and God anymore. The only barrier between you and God is the one that the enemy begins to create and you get involved with in your mind. We're the ones who set up that barrier because that door has been opened. It says in Galatians in chapter 2 that it is not the life that I live anymore. It's the life I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. See, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now Jesus has died on the cross. See, now he's been nailed there. Now he's been beaten. Now he's taken the wounds. Now he's taken the stabbing in the side. Now the blood and water have... Now all of these things have happened. And now he is sitting because he has ascended into heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Now the door is open. And the question then now is, will you follow him? See, he's not talking to the... He's not talking to the Matthew, the tax collector. He's not talking to the fisherman now. Now he's speaking to us. See, you go back in the Old Testament, they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a chance. There was no way. They had to figure out the, the, the flour and the wine and, the, and all, the, all the sacrifices for all the sin and all those things. He has taken care of that. He has blown off the door. He has eradicated all that. It says in Matthew in chapter 26, as he hung on the cross and he breathed his last, as he breathed his last and he died, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Everybody left him. Everybody left him. Peter said, I won't leave you. Yes, he did. All the disciples, what? Scattered. Everybody left him. They all freaked out. He was abandoned by all those who were closest to him. 
He was abandoned by his own father. That's why he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Hands had to come off. He had to die an earthly death for us, for you and for me. He was the perfect sacrifice, it says in Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 4. In that, in that passage, it says, The blood of goats, the blood of bulls, cannot, cannot remit sin. There's no way to forgive it. It only covers it up. That's why we have to go back day after day after day, year after year after year, time after time after time. If it could eradicate sin, it would. But then man would have no conscience of sin because it's been taken care of. That's why Romans 8, 1 says, There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who, who, who are in Christ, who are in Christ, who walk according to the flesh, walk according to the Spirit, not the flesh. There's no condemnation. Why? Because Jesus came, verses 11 through 18 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, His blood was the final sacrifice. He was the high priest of high priests. He came and sacrificed the once and for all because His blood did remit sin. His blood did make the way. His blood could not just cover it up, forgive it. There had to be one. There had to be one sacrifice. There had to be one that came in the end that would take care of it all. But I still sin. But it says that he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. He died for that sin that you committed. Grace. 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 Not a license to sin. You love God. You want to serve God. We don't want to make mistakes. Not a license to sin. Woohoo! Do whatever I want. Nope. Wrong attitude. And when he hung on that cross and that happened, it said the earth shook. All these things happened. But the veil, see, that thing that was in between, the holiest of holies and each one of us, that veil, it says, was torn from top to bottom. And in that temple at that time, the veil was nearly 60, 60 feet tall. It was four inches thick, woven, with threads and twisted threads and all these things. It was actually made so strong that men couldn't tear it. That was the whole idea, that you couldn't get through it. It says, if you, if you read, I read a little history about it. It says, if you, they would tie a horse to one end, tie a horse to the other end, tell them to take off on both ends. It wouldn't even tear it. Four inches thick, 60 feet tall. And when Jesus died on the cross, that opened up the door. And the veil, it says, was rent top to bottom. God reaching down is the way I like to look at it at us. And making the way for you and for me. And we say, what about that barrier? What about that thing? What about the thing that's in my life? What about the addiction? What about this stuff? Watch this video. Maybe you find yourself here. Maybe you find yourself in this place. But at the end, you see just exactly what he did. I mean, what is it about us? What, how, do we, how do we end up in this place that we end up? You know, Easter's supposed to be, Easter's supposed to be about resurrection about life about, about second chance but he, you know here i sit and i i can't, I can't ever i can't ever make it if you feel like it's always going to be like this that i'm always going to be in this place that, that, I, that i'm a failure that there's there's nothing i can do you know why why would somebody why would somebody care enough about me to to die for me why, why can't i just get through the doorway why can't i make a way you know all, all this time in my life I've, I've tried and i've tried nothing's ever amounted to anything i make mistake after mistake but I can't get to the other side. I can't make it. Who is Jesus? You know, why, why, why is it that he would come and he would give his life for us? Why would he give his life for me? How could he care? How could he care that much about me? How could he care that much 
After all I've been through, after all the junk, after all the mistakes. You know, it says in the, in, in the Bible that he, that he came to make a way. You know, but there came a day. There came a resurrection Sunday. There came a day when he was dead on the cross and everybody thought it was over. He had said that he would rise again. He had said that he would, that he would make a way. He said that he would take away the sin of the world. He said that he would be on that cross, that he'd be brutally beaten, that he'd take our stripes so that, he, that we could be healed, so that he would take our sins so that we could be set free, so that he could make a way through the door. You know, it says that when, the, when he was crucified and he died on the cross and they, they stabbed him in the side and the blood and the water flowed and they, they took his body and they put it in a tomb. They rolled the stone up in the tomb. They wrapped him up and there he was. He was dead. But then on Sunday, see on Sunday, what happened on Sunday? What happened on Sunday? They came to the tomb and the stone was rolled away and he wasn't there anymore. He was alive. There was resurrection. He, just, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took all that sin and all that junk and all the things that have held us back. And what he did was he obliterated the door between us and him. And because of the blood of Christ, because of resurrection, we can follow him. It says, follow him, follow him where? Where am I supposed to follow him? I'm stuck on this side and I can't do anything. You're not stuck on this side. We're not stuck here in this place. We're not stuck with all the sin in our life. He came to take all of those things. What he did was kick through the door. See, he kicked the door open. He made a way so that we can follow him. So he made, he made a way. He, 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 you find yourself in that place. See, where, where, what is that? What is that thing? What is that, that, that lie that the enemy tells you? What is that place that, you, that you, you find yourself in that's sitting there like that? With a door that seems to be shut, but the door is wide open. What is that place where you, where you sit and the devil's telling you that you're not going to make it, that you're addicted, and then it's never going to be any different, that you're always going to live like this, that it's always going to be a disaster, that you're always going to make a mistake, that it's one step after another going backwards, that you're never going to go forward? What, what is it about all of those things? See, see what, is, what is it that the enemy tells you? So you need to remind the look that the door is the door is open. The door's been blown off of its hinges and is not there. The veil has been rent for you and for me so that we can come into that place. You say, no, there's too much water under the bridge. Nope, the water's under the bridge then. You say, it's too late. No, it's not too late. It's never too late. You say, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. See, those are all things that the enemy tells us and he lies to us. And you say, well, I've done it before. I'm going to make a mistake again. Well, you might, but it says that he'll forgive us of our sins. It wasn't just a one-time deal that he forgave us of our sins. It was a forever-time deal that he did. That he, he promised, he signed on the dotted line to forgive you for your sins. Every single time and every single sin that you commit, he said, I will forgive you for all of those. He paid it all in full with his blood. It says, it's done, it's forgiven. And many times we think, well, I've done it too many times. I've come to him too many times and turned around and walked backwards. I haven't followed him. I haven't done it. I haven't made it. I, I, I always make a mistake. That's all right. He does second chances. Right? I mean, that's how many of us are here because of a second chance? I mean, come on, right? Second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Where are you in your life? What is going on in your life? What is happening? See, God is having a conversation with you right now where you sit. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That no man, it says in John 14, 6, can get to God except through what? Through Him. Through Him. You have to follow Him. You, he died on that cross. He's not going to go back and get back up there for you. 
He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He did all he was going to do. Now it's our turn to get out of that place that we find ourselves sitting on that other side. See, in your, in your world, in your mind, that door is locked. That door is not locked. That door is as open as this door is right here. He said, I am the doorway. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You have to follow him through this place. He's talking to you right now. Listen, your heart. See, is your heart big? I'm telling you. I've been coming in here praying for you. I'm telling you, God loves you. He wants you. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to follow him. Yes, you, yes, you can. Jonathan, you can. You can. You can. He wants you. He's talking to you right now. You're here. You're here. I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on in your head. I don't know where you were. You know, I said this first service, sometimes it's awkward. Like, ah, you know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm around all my friends, all these people around me. It's a little awkward right now, and my relationship with God isn't so good, but I, I know I need to come back to Him. See, I, I know, I, I know. How many of you see that? See, you say, you're already making that, you're already saying, I know I need to, but it's just so awkward. I don't know if I can. I don't, you know what? I mean, last time it didn't work, and it's just, it's, you know, it's an awkward situation. God does awkward. God does awkward. He do, Jesus died on the cross for awkward. So you may, you may have walked with him at one time like a friend. You had a friend that you may have walked with. You were buddies. You talked. You did things. And then something happened along the way. And now I don't know if you got upset. Maybe he got upset. I don't know what the deal was. But you ended up in different places. But now after a couple years, you, you, you long for that relationship. And, and you, were, you, were, you were a part of something. But, but it's too awkward to pick up the phone and call him. So how many relationships in your life in the natural have you just walked past because it's awkward? God does awkward. That's what he does best. <laughs> he takes our awkwardness. He takes our unforgivable sins and he makes it all okay. He makes it forgivable. So where you are right now, you're saying, man, I ain't looking at anybody. I'm keeping my eyes down. Man. I'm not looking at you. God's dealing with me. Let him deal with you. I'm going to keep talking for a few minutes. Let God start churning on the inside of you. See, let him start working. Because then when you pick up that phone and you finally do call that person, you say, you know what, I'm sorry I've messed up. What does that person say? Hey, man, forget about it. Water under the bridge. I don't even remember it anymore. I don't even remember what that was. I don't even know what you're talking Hey, tell me about your life. What's going on right now? Tell me about your kid. Tell me about what's happening. Tell me about your job. Tell me what God's... See, that's all gone. You thought it was awkward. You felt like it was awkward. You stayed away because it was awkward. But when you finally get a hold of them, what do they say? Hey, I love you. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We're, we're there. We're solid. We're square. Why? Because the door's open. See, let them talk to you. Bow your heads right here where you are. Well, we usually stand up. We're sitting down today. Right here where we are. You just bow your heads and let God talk to you. Forget about the person on the left. Forget about the person on the right. See, you may say, man, I, I've just been through some stuff. God does stuff. Yeah, I've had second chance, third chance. God does fourth chance too. The one thing that God has a hard time doing is later. And I'm telling you, this is what you're thinking right now, trying to talk out your heart, trying to talk out what God is doing on the inside of you, the conversation that he's having with you. You're trying to say, I'll do it later. You know what? When I get home, I'll make this better. When, when I see somebody down there, I'll make it better next time. I'll make it better tomorrow. I know I can do this when I go home. Yeah, I'm telling you what, you don't know what's going to happen when you leave this place. God doesn't do later well. He loves you. He cared for you. He has thrown the door open, but he cannot pick you up and throw you through that door. You have to be the one who will follow him today.
See, what is keeping you today from stepping through that door? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't even think about it. His goodness, His grace, His mercy. What are people going to think? Hey, I'm telling you what, there's going to be a whole lot of people who are going to rejoice. And if you're worried about what one person might think because you're about to make the biggest and best decision of your life, then there's some issues there. You need to forget about what that person is. They're not a friend to you. A friend is the one who sticks closer than a brother who wants God's best in your life. Every bit and maybe, is, maybe even more than you. Think about this. You, may, you know you have, maybe you've got a kid who's not serving God. Where are you in that place? Doesn't that just, Brian, that doesn't just get your heart. You're praying for him. You're up to, see, Jesus, it says he died. He gave his life for you and for me. Sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you. He has given, and you know the truth. And you're telling your kid this is the truth. And you're telling them you need Jesus. Come on, man, you need to get yourself right. I know this is where you need to go. This is the way it needs to be. And you're pleading to him, come on, come on, come on. God's doing that with you right now. See, he's talking to you at your heart. I love you. I love you. You need to make a choice. You need to make a decision. Today's going to be your day. Can it really be true? Can my sins be forgiven? Yes, God is all about truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Is there really a way for me? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Yes, there is. You say, man, I've been such a hypocrite in my life. God does hypocrites. That's not a problem. See, what happened when the veil was rent from top to bottom? It allowed you to get into the presence of God. And when he has been speaking to us in this place, don't let shame of sin in your life keep you from the presence. Go through that door. You don't have to get okay on this side. Go through that door and you'll be okay. See, all of those things, all, today is your day. See, he's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you. Your eyes are closed, right? Your heads are bowed, right? He's speaking to you. Don't start looking around. See, it's about you, what God has for you. I'm going, to give you a, I'm going to give you a chance here in just a second to put your hand up and say, that's me, man. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I got to get it right. I got to get it right. People are praying right now, interceding for you in this place, interceding you next door, interceding down the road, interceding in Texas. They're interceding for you all across this country for people's lives to be changed, for people to come to the, to the realization of who Jesus Christ is. See, what is stopping you? What is keeping you from doing that today? Right now in this place, you know, you know that God's stirring your heart. But you, you, you know what? You're going to get bold. You're, you're going to get, you're starting to shake a little bit. But that's all right. That's all right. When that, when that veil was torn, it said the whole world was shaken at that moment. When they were about to enter into the presence of God, the whole world was shaken. It was an earthquake. Things were falling all over. The temple was splitting. The curtain was torn. I mean, it was happening. It was happening. It was happening. Right now, it's happening in your heart like that. You're quaking on the inside. And you know you need Jesus. You know you need to make a choice. You know today's the day to make a stand. Put your hand up right now. Say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I see your hand. I see your hand. Over there, I see your hand. That's another one. Three, three, four. Right here. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Come on. Who else is there? Who else is there? Nine. Nine. Come on. That's good. That's good. God knows. God knows. You say, I've done it before. I don't want to do it again. Get them up. If God's telling you, if he's speaking it to your heart, get them up. Get them up. Get them up right now all over this place. Hands are going all over this place. If you're next door on the satellite side, get your hand up. Mike's over there. He'll take care of you. He'll pray with you too. If you're here today, I'm telling you, just a couple more minutes, man. A couple more seconds couple more seconds praise God praise God keep praying keep praying come on you know that that's you say man I I one last time one last minute here come on before we close before we go praise the Lord now 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 is your moment now is your time don't let the devil tell you don't let the devil stop you it's okay it's all right you can do it it's all right don't let the no through the door through the door through the door today yes yes now right now in this place I see all you let's do this 
Let's make this confession of faith. Your heads are bowed. Let's make this confession of faith together. Those of you with your hands up, keep them up there. Keep them up there. That's you. You're saying, God, I know it's me, man. I know it's me. I'm following. I'm going through. I'm going through. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now in this place, we're going to join you. Each person in this place is going to join you in making this confession of faith, taking Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, taking that step through this doorway into what God has. Getting ready. Anybody else? Anybody else? One last moment. Say, that's me, man. That's me. I don't want to leave anybody. Later's not an option. Later's not an option. God is a God of right now, today, the present. He holds your future in his hands. That is true. But today you make a decision in the present. Let's make this confession of faith together. Let's say this. Father, I love you. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. For making a way for me to follow him. I ask you now to forgive me. To forgive me of my sins. You make this confession. Father, I thank you for Jesus that he died, that he's going to forgive me of my sins. ask Jesus to come into my life to make a difference in me to fix me to make things better to change my life but to allow me a way to follow him I need your help Jesus I will follow you through the door into everything that you have for me in Jesus name Amen. Let's stand up together today. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Yes. Now do this. Do this. Do this. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.